You're listening to The View From Up Here, an equipping podcast by Viewpoint Leadership and Development. Our vision is to cultivate a change in the way the world views leadership and development. And our mission is to foster better leaders through a modern approach while developing individuals into their true selves. My name's Brad Walbridge, your host for our time together. And joining me in our conversations is our president and founder, Josh Trout, and our COO, Joel Archery. We want to welcome all of our viewers and listeners back to The View From Up Here, our podcast with Joel. we got Josh, myself, Brad, and we are joined in the middle of all these black shirts. We're joined with this floral elegance yeah, she's showing by, us up. by Dorothy Self. Dorothy, welcome. Yes, welcome. Hello. Yeah, wow. Great podcast. I try. I, I really try. Over here like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I took yeah. my grandmother's curtains and fashioned a little, <laughs> a little frock out of Sound them. Sound of music? Yes. Well, um, Dorothy is the founder and wow. principal of DFS cre- uh, DFS Creative Concepts. Is that correct? Am no, no, you did. You were sorry. Okay, good. I had that <laughs> wow. right. That would have been a bad way to start. Yes, yes. a little yes. embarrassing. Can you help us understand a little bit about what you do and kind of the genesis of uh, DFS? Genesis. That's a very big word. A plus. Okay. Um, I love how she just gives it. She's she does. Just like yeah. throwing well, it out. Well, I try. I mean, I have to match the vibe with you guys. I so love it. I love it we, so much. <laughs> We're so daunting. So um, <laughs> we are a full service marketing agency in downtown Greenville, and we do everything from starting brands, relaunching brands, um, creating the digital footprint, expanding the social footprint and basically targeting and engaging audiences. And so the genesis of us is me and just deciding that I feel like I could have done it a little bit better than I was experiencing. It's me. It me. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so that's kind of how we got here is it started off in my house and now here we are. That is a statement to make, to be able to say the genesis is me. Is me. That's it. And I saw mm-hmm. everyone else was terrible. So I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. someone's yeah. got to do it I don't, well. I didn't say everyone else is terrible. I Sorry, said. I filled in the gaps. Jewel yeah. did that, yes. Jewel. Yes. Uh, but when I looked at your, at your website, and I shared this with you before we started recording, a lot of language and a lot of approaches that seem atypical from a, a, a typical marketing agency mm-hmm. um, kind of help us understand what, what is different about DFS Creative Concepts. I think what's different is that um, we just decided that we wanted to do things in a way that was more all-encompassing. And we didn't want to look at something from a standpoint of, like, we just need more cowbell. So, therefore, let's give them more cowbell. We just need a new website. Let's give them a new website. But instead... How do we look at the whole business? Kind of like in medicine, it's looking at the whole person Mm, and sort of prescribing um, a set of recommendations that's going to make somebody or a business better all the way around and not just trying to sell a product. Like I'm not a widget kind of person. So um, kind of like I like the puzzle of how it all comes together. And everyone is really different, and I just like – figuring out who the audiences are and how to get in front of them in ways that are going to engage them, not offend them. Um, And that's just kind of how we're different. And we don't just like stick to one particular, you know, hyper-focused industry. I Mm -hmm. find that it's so much more entertaining and interesting to me to be able to pull everything that I've learned and work with all types of different industries. So, yeah. mm-hmm. And what, what was the passion that kind of drove you to start 
DFS? So I was the marketing manager at the Greenville News for a good while and then learned quite a bit while I was there and loved that. And then ultimately, I didn't really plan on starting my own business. It just sort of happened. And I think it happened Mm -hmm. out of necessity because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew that working in that environment seven days a week, you know, was just, it's it's not sustainable for mm-hmm. long-term happiness. So it's like that Goldilocks mm-hmm. approach, like mm-hmm. what's too much, what's too little, how do you find happiness? Mm-hmm. And so I wound up pulling in one client and then another and then another, and then eventually it's, I always call it like the reluctant business owner. Like you don't really realize mm. you're creating a business. I'm like, oh, I'm just like working out of my house. And then next thing you know, I have an office. And then the <laughs> next thing you know, I have like an employee. And but How cool is that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so it's just sitting there and saying like, oh, I guess we have a business now. Like, I guess this is wow. legit, you know? Wow. So I huh. I don't really know how to explain it any other way other than I just sort of like happened into yeah. it. Yeah, it, organic, wow. it, it organically becomes what it, what it, what it should have been, yeah. right, yeah. But That's then you employ <clears throat> a number of creatives. Yes. And being a creative, we can be a tough bunch to wrangle. How do yes. you wrangle all that creativity <laughs> to actually bring it to yeah. a, a production level for your customer? I think that one thing is is that I'm a frustrated creative. Like I have mm. no mm. execution ability with graphic design, but I know in my head. It's kind of like like creative dyslexia. Like I have it in my brain, but like for somehow it just like I don't have the technical skills mm. to execute it. But luckily I have surrounded myself with all of the people who can be the arms and hands and brain that I can't be. So I feel like I have things in my head and I have thankfully surrounded myself with the people that can take all the jumbled up jargon in there and then produce it. Mm. And I think that we all come together um, because we all are very similar in terms of Mm. our Enneagram, in terms of the way that we express ourselves and in terms of, you know, what we all value from a moral perspective. So, I mean, for us, it's very easy to get along. I mean, we have our hiccups about, like, some people leaving their dishes in the sink. But, I mean, that's probably about the extent of how complicated it can be. Mm, yeah. so. It's interesting you mentioned the Enneagram because, obviously, going through that process, you figure out for yourself and for your team who who's wired up mm-hmm. and, and how they're wired up. Mm-hmm. How do you, from a leadership standpoint, how do you – intertwine all of those where it, it really helps, not just to, to help a customer, how mm-hmm. that all comes to the table, but how it creates a really healthy creative process within the team, even even just the culture of your staff. How do you, how do, you do that? So I feel like with our team, there's, there's a wide variety. A lot of us are the feelers, like a lot of us mm-hmm. are the Enneagram 2, we're the feelers, we're the helpers, we're the sensitive, traditionally, I guess, you know, feminine, like we're all going to help each other, we're going to do everything great. But then we have some people that are very hardcore, like that is not the process, (laughs) period. You know, and I am, I'm a baker and you have handed me the eggs and the flour, but we are missing the salt. Mm. So do not at me about finishing this till I get the salt. Mm. So we are very balanced in that regard. And I think it's taken me 
a while to find all of the right people mm -hmm. that mesh together because I'm very lucky. I have Kayla on my team who's been with me for half of my business's life, mm -hmm. and she knows exactly what I would do in any given situation, and actually her response would be better than mine anyway. Mm. And then I've been able to, over the years, pull in the right people because of the clients that we've been able to cultivate and the work product that we've been able to put out, there are people that's drawn in the right people. And I truly think that when in the interview process, truly understanding what is in the heart of the people mm -hmm. that you're interviewing. I mm -hmm. mean, people can learn Adobe. They can learn, you know, everyone's a marketing agency if you have an iPhone, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> These days, if you have yeah. Canva and an it's iPhone, true. you're a marketing agency. Um, I feel attacked. Right. <laughs> Listen, it's okay. Um, but I think that, like, really understanding who they are at their heart and understanding, like, the one in my office who is so – she's going to know who she is when – yes, I'm talking about you, sweet pea um, – in the office that is so steadfast in her processes and procedures – is great for me because yeah. she keeps me straight and she mm. has straightened out a lot of the things that that I don't have. And then we also have sort of hybrid people mm. that mm. are process oriented and global. And so we kind of all come together as our mm. own little recipe for mm. success. And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so we talk a lot about leaders, mm -hmm. you know, that are strong, have, uh, they're, they're able to be vulnerable, right? Yeah. So I think that something you mentioned was you have a lot of skill set, mm -hmm. but some of the skill sets you, you just can't produce out of them like you right. want. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that you, sh you have shown your team vulnerability mm -hmm. through that and you've helped identify those people that are able to do that, right? So you mm -hmm. found the strengths in those people, you found the weaknesses in those people to be able to form yourself a, a team that's successful. Mm -hmm. Kind of walk through that process for our listeners. You know, was that hard for you to do? As, mm -hmm. as a leader of your own company, right? Because when it's your company, it's right. your baby, mm -hmm. right? And it's hard to give up that power sometimes. And even when you know, maybe you're not as strong in this area, mm -hmm. it's still your baby. So um, in that regard, I think it's different when you, when you start doing your business. And by the way, like I never had a business plan. Like all these people are like, what was your business plan? I'm like, I am too ADHD to have a business plan. Yeah. Like, I mean... God bless the people that can have their act together to have a business plan. I was just like, you open and you work and you make money. That is the yeah. plan. Um, so that was my business plan. She's not wrong, though. No, yeah. no, no it's, it's not. not. Yeah. yeah, like you open yeah. and you hope to pay bills. Um, but when you <laughs> yeah. go from yeah. doing it all yourself to um, having to slowly, and I talk about this, I speak at Clemson every semester, um, and I speak about this, is is being confident enough in the people that you are hiring to trust them to carry out your vision mm -hmm. and then eventually make decisions and trust that they are making the decisions that you would have made, yeah. which is, I think, a, a really difficult thing. I was never really worried about people executing design better than me because, like I said, I there's a reason I don't have Adobe on my computer. It's like I would cause it to crash. But, <laughs> but I can say, I can acknowledge the fact that hey, so-and-so, I'm trying to explain this to you. I've cut this out of magazines. I've done all these screenshots. Look at all of these things. And, like, I get that it's it's having – it's difficult translating mm -hmm. that, right? Um, so I think that I've had to have that conversation so many times of what is going on in here is very difficult for me to translate for somebody to put a pen on paper mm. or put their fingers on the mouse and design it that I've had to be vulnerable. And I think, too, being a woman and 
you know, I started this business when I was pregnant. Like, because that's a great time to start a business. Like, <laughs> sure. it's best time it's actually. It's best time yeah. actually the because most balanced you've ever been. So balanced, yeah. emotionally stable, <laughs> yeah. physically fit. Yeah. I mean, you know, not it's tired just, ever. Not tired ever. Yeah. Not tired <laughs> ever. Um, so it's a wonderful time. So I guess I just. I've had enough people humble me mm. along the process, and I've had enough situations where I've been <clears throat> passed over because someone thinks because I was pregnant at one time or a, a working mother at one time or overall just a female or not mm. old enough or whatever. By the way, I'm extremely young. Um, <laughs> but at some point, like, I've been humbled in so many more ways than one. Like, it's not that difficult to be vulnerable now. I think yeah. my team is more like, We've had enough with the vulnerability. Yeah. You can put it on the shelf for a moment. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. What, I, what I admire about you, though, too, is what you said. I mean, you, you're you giving a great example to a lot of women. So, you know, my <laughs> wife does brand strategy and website design for interior designers, and she oh, just started great. last year. And mm-hmm. so she is in the middle of it. She's had a couple clients, but mm-hmm. she's in the starting phase. And for people like her to see someone like you, who, like you said, you kind of just stumbled into it, but then you've risen to the occasion every opportunity that you've had. I think that's incredibly impactful for a lot of people. I mean, we've we've heard it before. We usually just have men on the podcast. We hear you. Okay, relax. All right. Dorothy is here. Are you triggered? I'm not. No, I'm not triggered. Uh, but the the best part is that it, we love having women like you on the podcast. Where they, it's not. Low look at me. It's just, yeah, I took Mm -hmm. every opportunity that was given to me. I rose Mm -hmm. to the occasion, and I did it with humility and integrity because those matter regardless of gender, right? And I love that you said that, and you've been successful because of that, which is really, 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 really cool, Mm -hmm. and I love it. thank you. And you get a compliment, and you get a compliment. (laughs) I am the Oprah of compliments. Handing it out. I know, handing it out. No, I think that, I think my situation was very unique in that, Because I didn't have a plan. Like, I knew I could do it. Like, I could do a good job. I didn't know how to do it. Um, And I didn't have, like, someone bankrolling me. So, like, all of this was just, like, as money would come in, it's, like, pay for the, Mm -hmm. you know, what kind of office you get on your first try. It's not your your long-term office. Mm -mm. But, you know, pay the rent. Mm -hmm. How do you make things work? And I think that I've just been humbled in so many ways that... I realized that a lot of people are very lucky in the world. Like they have a parent that self-funds their business or a spouse that Mm self-funds or funds their business or whatever, investors. And it's like, I don't know, when you have to do it on your own, you get scrappy and you're Mm. like, we're going to make it work. And sometimes it's going to be super lean and sometimes I'm going to stress out. But we have to trust the process and trust the fact that like for every hard decision that you make, if you if you lead with integrity and doing right by mm-hmm. other people, like that does come back. Uh, I truly yeah. believe that. Well, and I think that your product's going to outshine those. That, yeah. that it comes easy too. I will. Right, I because you, so. you have blood, sweat, and tears into it. You I, know, mean, I, I, I was looking at the list of people you worked with. That's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. a lot of yeah. major players, including. Muncaster Financial Muncaster Group, Financial yeah. who gave us wonderful tumblers yes. that we, I'm sorry, we're not drinking. <laughs> that we don't have today. They, But is this is this Synergy Coffee? It is. Synergy Coffee, great friend of the show and sponsor of our show, Synergy Hashtag Coffee. Hashtag ad. Do what I can. <laughs> you can. Do what you can. You can tell us all the good stuff about working with Rich later on. Oh, he's so fabulous. They are such a great group of they guys. They are. They're amazing. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty fantastic. Dorothy, I think one of the things that's becoming evident to me is that part of your leadership style both with your team and with working with clients, that I feel like a big ingredient that you use is levity. 
Is oh, humor? Yeah. I don't know oh, if okay. Buster Murdoch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. What what has the, how has that been woven in for your leadership and the way that you do things? Well, I think that levity and sarcasm are like, I guess, defaults. I'm sure therapists out there will be like unpacking this. My sister's a therapist and holidays are super. I bet. But, I bet. Pass yeah. the turkey. Why do you want yeah, the turkey? Yeah, I know. Are you projecting onto the cranberry sauce? Mm. Um, it was canned. Yeah, Sorry. I know. Look at you. Wow. Um, no, I think that levity and sarcasm are defaults to sometimes you have to have rough conversations where I don't necessarily feel comfortable as a nurturer. I don't feel comfortable being like, I really dislike that Mm. design or I really dislike the way that that was phrased. I really don't like that. Instead, I can, I can try to weave something into, in my management style, soften it a little bit because Mm. I'm never going to be that person that's like, that looks terrible or that looks horrible. I, because I wouldn't want to hear that. Right. I would want the the message conveyed, but like pump the brakes. We don't need to be mean about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of times in creative industries, I have to understand that creative people, it's like you take a lot of pride in what you do. Like it is your craft. And also I can understand there's a lot of defensiveness around that, you know? So how can I work in levity and humor and sarcasm and also vulnerability softens delivering some tough news mm, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, Absolutely. so. Yeah, mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. Yo, you were going to. No, I, what I love about your perspective is I often think about like vision casting is like letting people look through a kaleidoscope, right? Mm-hmm. The tube is the vision, but oftentimes the perspective might be different. Mm-hmm. And when you hand over your vision that you've conveyed and you're, these are the parameters, here's the vision, People are going to look through that kaleidoscope and see things right. a little differently every time. And you have to be willing to let them, <laughs> although they have to interpret it to some degree the right way, they're going to act on it a little differently than yeah. we would. And that's just part of it. And I love that you, it feels as if some people might look at your leadership style and think laissez-faire rather right. than you're fluid, you're malleable, right. and you're able to pivot in the best ways with your people based on their skif- their skill sets and their gifts. And I think that's incredible as a leader and that regardless of where industry whether it's marketing or hospitals or anything right. and I, I think leaders of today especially those who are listening mm-hmm. you must be rigid in your vision mm-hmm. in the sense of what you believe you want to go for but fluid in the delivery and the way right. you interact with your people I think it's fantastic well thank yeah. you I think a lot of it like I was a teacher for five years before I stumbled oh. into marketing before I stumbled into you know, the situation we're in now. Um, And so I feel like you go, I think, I feel like teaching was maybe my first business that I owned. Like I always treated my classroom like it was my own small business for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I think that if there's one thing I learned, it's that first year of teaching where you go in and you're like, I aced all of my standardized testing. Like I memorize everything. Like I'm going to be the best teacher ever. I don't even have kids and I'm going to make these kids the future <laughs> scholars of America. Yeah. And then you very quickly realize that you're not in control. You have to get certain things conveyed. You have to teach them how to read. You have to do everything and you can't control them. 
And that was a really instrumental year in my life. And I still keep up with a lot of those students. Mm. Now they're like getting married and having children. And I don't know how that works because I'm still like 25. So I don't know how they're (laughs) getting so old because I'm very young. Um, So they sit there and they're going to be them, whether you like it or not. And I think that that has translated into how I parent my own child. And it's translated into... I'm never going to be the crazy rigid person that's like wear pantyhose and shoulder pads and it's 802. Where were you? Because Mm -hmm. for me, it's like the differentiation in learning styles is no different whether you're in the classroom or whether you're in a work environment. Was that a Devil Devil Wears Prada reference just now? No, no, it was just, okay. I mean, I, I was think, thinking, though, the yeah, shoulder like, pads, isn't that like an 80s yeah, thing? Yeah, was that it's like an a Meryl Streep callback? Yeah. Like, yeah. Possibly. Mm-hmm. My mom thinks yeah. that, like, I'm the editor of a magazine because she, <laughs> she saw... She thinks you, you actually work in New York. Yeah, yeah, she thinks I work in New York and I'm the editor of a magazine. And I don't know if I'm going to send her the link to this podcast because she'll get mad at me. <laughs> but, like, she doesn't <laughs> Sorry, understand mom. marketing. And she's like, my daughter is the editor of a magazine. <laughs> she wears all black and mock neck turtlenecks and her hair pulled back in a tight bun. Was this a 90s movie? Yeah, I think so, because she watches that movie, and she's like, that's what my daughter does. Yeah, that's her perception. Narrator. Right? It is not what her daughter does. <laughs> you are hilarious. Dorothy, walk us through how, like, in, in the process of building the business, how has failure been a teacher mm. to you? Oh, well, Well, that's a question. I think that failure is what you learn the most and what stays with you the longest. Mm -hmm. I mean, your successes pale in comparison to your failures, even though your successes financially make a huge impact. But your failures stay in your heart. And your Mm -hmm. failures, I feel like, for example, when you're trying to get something off the stove, right? And you're like, oh, that skillet can't be that hot. It's only been on there for a minute and you grab it and you burn your hand. That's That memory is going to be internalized with you and stay with you longer than the 50 other times you remember to use a Great whatever. Gr- right. yeah. yeah. So, I mean, those failure <laughs> moments hurt and they sting and they're painful financially and personally and professionally. Mm. But they stay with you the longest, and I truly believe that that is what drives you where you're like, never again will I do that. Never again, and you probably will. Like anytime we use all-encompassing words like never and always, but I never will do that. And and you probably will sometimes, but for the most part, you're going to remember next time I'm going to use a potholder. Right. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, You can tell you're in marketing. Your analogies are just... Chef's I was a kiss. philosophy major, so, you wow, know, it's got to be sense. good for something. That like, it didn't sense. help me in my career, but it can help me on podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a visual guy that as you're saying I know, every that, time I'm like, like oh, I'm wow. envisioning myself at the stove, and I'm <laughs> reaching, and I, I'm now burning my hands. That's and like I'm cussing. And the ripple effect goes, <laughs> 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 yeah. right. I know. <laughs> yeah. when, when you think about our, our listeners and our viewers who are business owners and who are grinding it out. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's even think about, let's drill it down even more. The, those that are starting out, it's early mm-hmm. and they are alone in that garage mm-hmm. or in that extra bedroom yeah. or that little space in the mm-hmm. corner of the living room, trying to build something that they have passion for and they have drive for, but they just don't know what's around the next corner and to keep going. Can you speak to that business owner about about 
like what they need to be thinking through and doing right now in the in the middle of that. And then can you say her name, Joanna, because that's my wife, and just, just speak to her directly. <laughs> well, hello, Joanna. Um, I think that during those initial days and weeks and months, almost year where I was working out of my house and had no really – no, not a real clear vision of, you know, when people say like, what do you want to do in five years? I don't know. I mean, hopefully be successful at whatever it is. But like, I think what you have to think of is when you're staying up late and when you're clocking those hours and people around you don't get it. Like they mm. don't get that. Uh, great point. Like you're certain friends that you have and family that you have want you to be happy, but they aren't going to see or feel mm. the drive that you have when it's 1159 and you're responding to an email yeah. because you're like, this person matters enough for me to stay awake and tend to this situation. I think that it's a marathon, which is interesting in terms of the fact that I don't run. So I don't understand the concept of running, but I do understand what a marathon is. From business, you've seen one. I've seen one. I'm living one. Um, is to just keep going, and I think that if you keep going and you plug through all of those times where you want to pull your hair out and be like, it'd be so much easier if I just worked for someone else. It'd mm. be so much, and I feel like that question mark never really goes away. Like you'll have a moment, no matter where you are in your career, and you could be doing great, but you'll have a moment or a setback or a failure and be like, you know what? I could really just be great working for someone else. Mm -hmm. And then you realize on your drive to work or your walk downstairs to your office that that flexibility and that autonomy that you feel over your product and your time right now, you would not have or get when you're working for someone else. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of think through what that means, you know? Why are you looking at me? No, that's, that's, we talk about that a lot. We right? do talk about yeah. that yeah. a lot. Can I add to that question real Please. quick? So I think that, you know, us three uh, handsome men sitting around the table here have beautiful daughters. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to add to that question the fact of, you know, you worked hard for what you have, but mm -hmm. as a woman, mm -hmm. you know, you, you've talked about some of the struggles and, and how you fought through mm -hmm. that. So what, what kind of advice do you have for our future uh, women leaders mm -hmm. um, uh, and some of the struggles that you went through? Well, thank you for asking that. Um, I think that, so I was, my father was in banking and he was very strong and CEO of several banks. And so he provided a really good model for me and always would tell me that I could do whatever I wanted. And so firm believer that mothers and fathers, like they need to be, your child needs to feel like you have their back. Mm -hmm. And, um, and because he always raised me like that, I had a sense of confidence, but I had that work ethic that right. I knew I wasn't always going to be the smartest person in the room, but I knew I could outwork anyone in the room. Mm. And so he raised me that way. And starting out, being a woman in the South, it's, you know, you're, you're facing some obstacles there, right? When people look at you and they'll say, there's no way you could understand how to build a website. And I'm like, just try me. Try me. Yeah. And then there are people that will look at my website, which, by the way, coming soon, we're going to launch our new site. They'll look at us and say, you know, they'll come to their own, you know, preconceived notions of who you should be yeah. and what your strengths should be. Like, oh, you're all women. You should be great event planners. I hate planning events. Yeah. I got my career started planning events, yeah. largely, and I dislike it. So believe it or not, 
people that are female actually can learn technical digital advertising. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, but there are times where people will say there's they'll be ageist as well and say there's no way. And it is true because I'm only 25. Um, there's no way you could know so much about this topic that yeah. traditionally isn't seen as a female-related yeah. type yeah, of right. strength. So those are always difficult conversations yeah. to have. And as we're rebuilding our site, as a team, we've had to have very, very honest conversations about what do we want on the homepage? Because <clears throat> we have to fight a narrative yeah, of... True. Yeah, so... Yeah. We have to fight certain areas, but you know what? Verbalizing it and addressing it removes the power and let's be strategic about it and have people fall in love with what we do and the clients mm. that we serve and the products that we yeah. put out there. And then yeah. they'll be pleasantly surprised yeah. that all of us are Cause, 25. Because that's what yeah. matters, right? It doesn't matter right. who's doing it. It's the yeah. product that you're putting it's out the there. It's the product, but you yeah. would be surprised. There was a, a client that is uh, a regional, a very large regional advertiser um, that, you know, reached out and requested a meeting. And upon doing so in our conversations, he said, what are you guys, a fashion house? And I said, well, obviously not. Have you seen the picture of me on the website? It is not a fashion house. And he said, well, you're all women. And I, I couldn't quite figure out, are you, are you just fashion? Is that what you do? Do you fashion marketing? And I'm like, well, no. Mm. Um, but that was a really rough hmm. thing. And that was really rough to talk to the team about yeah. because that's not how we identify at all. Right. Sure. Right. And that was, hmm, but bitter pill to swallow. But you know what? It made us think differently about mm. our strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So. And ultimately, it'll make you stronger, though. Right, exactly. Yeah. And the, the fact, I mean, once again, like we talked about it before, you are malleable and fluid and you pivot. So you realized, okay, there's always a grain of truth. So what's the right. truth? How are we positioning ourselves on our website? Right. Okay, yeah. maybe we could position ourselves right. differently or at least add a different element that would push people away from right. fashion mm -hmm. house. And I... Right. A good leader does that. A yes. good leader is able to glean. Like we've talked about it. I mean, we did. Yeah. I'm doing this newsletter series on LinkedIn, and I had someone go like, "You had Obama, and I had I did Obama, Trump, mm -hmm. Andrew Tate so far." And everyone's like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah. I said, "Every good leader is able to look at a situation or a person, yeah. no matter right. how bad, and glean something right. good from it and a right. principle to take. And if you can't, you're too myopic to be a leader and 100%. an effective good leader. So, right. yeah. sorry, sorry. It's always so that ten percent to be able to pull. And yeah. if you don't see that, I, yeah. I think you're just you're way too. You're just only looking at your nose. Everybody has yeah. a good quality, whether yeah. you like them or not, right? Yeah, mm. like in every observation, there is that one com Sometimes that takeaway. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna do Trump. I, I withheld it. Sorry, keep going. It's huge. Um, every except like, Sleepy Joe. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> The hands. <laughs> um, but I think that the the one thing that is like if you can if you can dig deep enough to figure out the one thing that you can gain out of something. One like thing, when yeah. if yeah. you can find that one thing and yeah. how can you then extrapolate? Yeah. Um, but we I mean, we instead of ignoring it, we just verbalize it and we think to ourselves great. we know we're smart. Mm -hmm. I know we're smart. I would put my team up against anyone. I am mm -hmm. not worried about that. Mm -hmm. But we have to constantly be fighting the ageism, gender stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's a shame, Dorothy. If people want to get, you know, want to hear more, want to be able to connect with you and your team, how would they do that? Well, coming soon. No, uh, the new website is going to launch pretty soon, um, and our current website you can visit www.dfscreativeconcepts.com. Mm. Um, 
So you can go visit there. Um, we have a contact form that is delivered straight to my inbox. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out, anybody. We have um, several different, for any of you that have um, collegiate or even seniors in high school, we've just recently launched a partnership program with a local technical charter high school. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, where we're taking, we just started it this year, it was pretty phenomenal, where we take um, two or three senior and high school women and we partner with their advisor. And they come into the office maybe two days a week here and there, like around their school schedule. And we mentor them and we let them sit in on meetings and we put them on the website That's and, cool. you know, we just give them that opportunity to flex a little bit of creative muscle and really determine how they want to move forward in college applications, what they may be looking for in terms of honing a craft in college. Mm -hmm. And then we also have the traditional, um, Four credit college internship program. So great, that's so cool. Those are great opportunities. Yeah, really appreciate you being on our show today. Joel Thank is you. taking your sunglasses and this putting them on. This is what we have to work with people. It's a little bit of Elton John there. If you have not already subscribed to our podcast or click the notification bell on YouTube, please do so so you can follow all of our episodes like this wonderful one with Dorothy. Thank <laughs> you. Dorothy, thanks for being with us. Thank you yeah, so much. I appreciate it. No, it was yep. very entertaining. Hey, thanks to all of our viewers and <laughs> listeners, and we will catch you on the next episode.